1: Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Brav Bros, your favorite podcast from the bros for everybody. For whoever wants to listen, I am your co-host, Steel Russell, joined as always by the one and only Rootin' Tootin' Magootin'. What's up, dude? You used that last week. I used that. I forget when I used it. I mean, it, it's a good one. You I don't- like it. I just don't want
0: you to use it too often because then it's going to lose its luster, you know? I agree. But it just, uh,
1: it fit. I don't know why. You know why it fits? Because we're rooting and tooting for the birds today. That's why it fits. Uh, See,
0: I don't know if I even want to talk about it because this episode doesn't come out until tomorrow. Correct. Right now, we're rooting and tooting. Tomorrow, we may not be. We might be booting and scooting tomorrow. We will be booting and scooting tomorrow. You know, that's how it happens. But, uh, yeah. Life comes at you fast.
1: It sure does. And, uh, look, we're not going to talk about it a lot. It's a big game tonight. We have lulled ourselves into a false sense of security. We- because
0: the Cowboys lost. <laughs> yes. Honestly, like, that's the thing is I spent the first half of today just happy. Yeah. Yesterday was just unbelievable. It was amazing. Best day ever, maybe. a great
1: day of football, yeah.
0: And there were only two games. Should have been three. But. Yeah. Great day yesterday. Great morning today. I had to remember that the
1: Eagles played tonight. Mm -hmm. Yep. And this day has been taking a really long time, but I'm glad we get to record. We have a lot of shows to catch up on. Our schedule's been nuts. Just wait till next week. It's even more crazy. So we've been, uh, look, we've been lacking a little bit on all of the shows. We've still gotten our episodes out, but I'm glad we can finally jump into Southern Charm today because it was a great finale. It was an even better reunion. So we have a lot to discuss And it's almost fitting because on Saturday, we were lucky enough to go to Pillows and Beer. We're in Philly, and uh, we hit Craig up to see if they were playing, where they were playing, and all that. And they were nice enough to leave us tickets, which was so great. We got to hang out with him in the green room for a little bit before the show. And uh, it was a great—I didn't know what to expect. I hadn't heard a lot of—I've listened to a couple episodes, but not Mm -hmm. a ton— they did a great job. I had a blast. Like, it was yeah. a genuinely fun time.
0: Yeah, it was a good time. And obviously, it's just two friends sitting up on a stage, much like what we do, <laughs> just hanging out and telling stories. But, yeah. You know, it, it yeah, it was a really good time. And shout out to Craig and Austin for having us there, hanging out with us beforehand. That was a blast. Um, but yeah, it's very fitting because we hadn't had a chance to really talk about Southern Charm after the finale. And then obviously, the first start. I, how many episodes of the reunion? I think there's two parts. I hope there's only two. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, this is very fitting for us to get back into that. It kind of
1: jump-started us. Yeah, for sure. And before we dive into it, we're not going to talk your ear off today, but I do have a theory for yes, you. Yes, we are. What are you talking about? I have a theory for you. Okay. Okay? I like this one
0: a lot. Oh, you just mean the preamble's not going to be too long? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought, you, yeah, we're not going to talk your ear off. No, says, we're talk your ear off. says podcast hosts. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we keep this short and sweet. Here's what happened. Goodbye. No. So here's my theory of the day. And uh, this one comes from Toy Story. And the theory is that Andy's parents are actually divorcing throughout these movies. And that's why they're packing up the house to leave. Okay. If you notice behind the scenes, the mom's not wearing a wedding ring, I guess. I've never noticed that. But... Would that make more sense? You know, he's kind of Andy's diving further into this world of toys because he's trying to take away attention. Yeah, the to toys aren't guy.
0: actually alive. It's just Andy's imagination to yeah. try to deflect from the situation that his parents are going through. Yeah, yeah that, that makes a ton of sense. <laughs> dark. But every, every theory about Pixar movies is really dark.
1: Yeah, well, no, I, I had a moment where I'm like, I think all of our theories have been dark thus far. I don't think we've had a happy theory yet.
0: Titanic, yeah, that's a good wasn't point. happy.
1: Uh, yeah. Grease is Sandy Drowns, and this is Andy's parents, Andy's parents are, divorced. are divorced. Oh, no, I All guess the right, so next people we'll try to have a happy theory. Who's this is happy? No, Ugh, Hous- I don't know. Who's this is not? Oh, I guess not. not. No, not if it's the you know, yeah, I think Housas. of the
0: susical arrangement in which Jesus is being or who's this is being crucified. Hous- yeah,
1: crucified,
0: no. crucified. You don't have to go that far. <laughs>
1: It, it was right there. I
0: know. I, I get it. But yeah, no, none of our theories have been happy. So we'll try to get a, a happy theory next
1: yeah, week. I'll try to find a happy. No promises. The sad ones are more fun to talk about. That's true. Yeah. Uh, but do you believe that? I guess. Yeah, for sure. Oh, that's sad. Yeah, no, I'm sad. But that's
0: how Pixar movies work. There's always something going on in the background. And you're like, oh, it could be really sad. We could do a whole podcast. on like Finding Nemo. There's another one where Marlo, the dad, actually killed the mom. Oh, there's a whole theory about that too. Yeah, it, they're all dark about
1: Pixar I don't want to talk about that one though. No, I'm not going to get into it. Okay.
0: I'm just going to tell you.
1: Uh yeah, I don't want to know any more about it. It's a sad, sad.
0: podcast. <laughs> Let's get sad. Welcome
1: to the Sad Bros. Yeah.
0: 6 hours until game time and we're going
1: to be sad. Oh, stop it. Don't don't put that juju out in the universe, okay? There was a lot of hype on 94.1 today. They played the Rocky song behind a caller because he started to go on a rant about it and I was like, "Hell yeah." yeah
0: I heard a different one. And the caller was not very enthusiastic, and they still played the Rocky music.
1: Oh, that's not It was funny. like as a joke. Oh. Because
0: he was really like down in the dumps talking about like the defense better show up today. And then they just started playing the Rocky music behind him. I thought that was pretty
1: funny. That's pretty funny. They also had a Cowboys fan on. They played Had a Bad Day by Daniel Powder behind that's him. Good. That was funny. Uh, But
0: yeah. Death, taxes, and the Cowboys collapse in the playoffs. <laughs> All sure like things,
1: it. baby. All sure things. But uh, yeah, it is our... Early week episode, we have a few episodes coming out this week, so our uh, preamble as far as like rankings and power rankings, I think we'll save that for tomorrow. Yeah. We'll just leave it for theories today. And uh, we got a lot to talk about, so let's jump right into Southern Charm. What did you think about these two episodes? And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the finale. I think the bigger chunk of this will be the reunion, but...
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, again, it's the first episode of a reunion, which they always kind of warm up into Mm. they don't go for the well actually everybody kind of understands how this works except for JT which we'll get into but I thought it was good I, I thought that it was a fitting end to the season because there was a lot of animosity that was boiling over and it seemed like we finally got to our sticking point where JT is calling out Austin again and Austin finally just Saw JT for who he is and actually went back at him was, I guess, instead of just ignoring him, his background noise the entire time.
1: JT, uh, his behavior over the last two episodes and the stuff that's coming out about him now on social media, which is the least surprising news ever, is that, oh, what he's not actually a good dude. He's not a gentleman. Who would have thought? Multiple
0: ex-girlfriends found out that he was on Southern Charm and were not surprised and then found out that everybody hated him and were even less surprised by that. So, yeah, I'm not surprised.
1: No, and I think that if you look at his behavior throughout the season, culminating in what we saw in the finale and then how he's acting at the reunion, you can tell he hides behind this guise of nice guys finish last and all I am is a gentleman and this and that. No, you're not. You're none of those things. You like to do that because you're the little boy scorned sitting in the corner of the room at the party that nobody wants to talk to. And you just want to be one of the cool kids. So you play this hurt puppy dog all the time instead of taking ownership for your own actions because you're a pansy.
0: Yeah. I, I honestly you have to do a lot because people openly admit when it comes to Austin that he does fucked up shit, but they still have a soft spot for him for whatever reason. And nobody can really identify it. We met him. He's he's still a nice guy, but like he would probably even tell you at this point that he does dumb shit. Yeah. JT comes in with this vendetta against Austin and he just never let it go. Never hit correctly. He never approached it in the right way. Well, to because try it, to it never
1: made sense as to what's your obsession? Why? And I understand it's the Taylor thing He thought it was. No, it. I don't even think it's the Taylor thing anymore. anymore. He's Now he's just fully
0: obsessed with Austin. That's what we talked about the entire season. It's like, okay, dude, you have one storyline. Clearly, you were a plant to get in there to start, I guess, everybody else having the conversation about Austin and Taylor. You did your job and you just never let go of it. And that's what we were obsessed with. He is so in love with Taylor that he's letting everything else kind of fire him up when it comes to Taylor. And Austin was the main component of that. So he went after Austin. At least that's what we thought. Now it just seems like he's obsessed with Austin.
1: But I think my biggest issue is like when he starts to speak up in certain moments, Taylor's not asking you to advocate for No. And to her credit, the one thing I can give her credit for, and that's saying a lot because she was not great this reunion either. At least she's saying like, you can't blame Shep. You have to blame me. I'm responsible for my actions. That mm-hmm. goes for you, too, JT. You're not like this knight in shining armor that she is like, oh, thank God JT's here to speak up for me or else I'd be so screwed. She doesn't need your help. You make things worse because you exacerbate things by inserting yourself in places you don't belong. Go away. Yeah, the problem is that
0: he's, one, he's delusional, of course, but he's the type of person that he's already talked himself into this delusion, so he's going to continue no matter what happens. And yeah. maybe it would stop eventually. But if one person tells him that he's correct, he is going to get so high and mighty that he's going to confess his love to Taylor, step in Rod, to just go, oh, JT, like, yeah, you are a good guy. I think you do have a shot with Taylor. Once you start telling him that, it's, he's going to go fucking crazy. There's no way around it. And he does that in the finale. And it's even more so during the reunion, which is just tough to watch. And even Andy has to call him out to be like, dude, we're two minutes in. Relax. Yeah, JT, we'll we'll get to down, it, bro. This is your first reunion. Try to ease into it. He is I don't even know. He's like a dog with a bone. He just like won't let it go. It's so weird. Yeah, it is. But it's a perfect. He's still good for the show, you think?
1: I mean, you can't argue that that scene was captivating at the end of the episode. I don't think it should have to come to violence. And we'll talk about that when we get there. But like sometimes it has to. Oh, I'm not blaming Austin. No, um, that's not what I mean by that at all. I thought that he actually subdued himself compared to how I would have been in that same right. scenario. I think I'm just JT saying.
0: Thought that he was protected by the show at that point, or he the bar do... stool. Bar, yeah, bar, <laughs> bar stool. which is so dumb because of the way gravity works. You are up way higher than you've ever been, buddy. If you come down from that bar stool, it's gonna
1: hurt. You don't have the depth perception from and up you there.
0: you Probably don't have the athleticism to land on your feet. So,
1: and it's probably one of them swivel johns. So if you go, it's gonna like spin as you're falling. You know uh-huh. what I'm saying? It's no, a I, lot yeah, to
0: think I think about. He thought the producers were gonna step in before anything got crazy, and they did. But Austin also showed some restraint.
1: Yeah, he showed a lot more restraint than I think. I like I said, I don't know if I would have had that same restraint there but it's a great place to jump into the finale and that's i just wrote car ramrod because you get rod and you get jt hanging out getting ready for this party and this is where the delusions are furthered and you're 100 percent right you get one hype man in your corner that doesn't understand the situation i.e rod then he's feeding into this bullshit he's feeding into jt's delusions of hey maybe you do have a shot based off of what that taylor was nice to him Based off the fact that they hung out, she's made it pretty clear in their interactions from where I'm sitting that it's a friend thing. I don't get the vibe that she's putting out a vibe. I think he's trying to latch on to basic friendship. Like, yeah, you're laughing together. You're having a good time. Has she made any kind of advance? No, well, you guys are hanging out in a hotel room drinking champagne till 4 a.m. So that's kind of telling if at no point you didn't feel a vibe where, hey, maybe I have a chance here. So for Rod to step in and be like, I think you got it, dude, you're not paying attention.
0: I, he's not paying attention and he's probably only hearing what JT is spewing, which is absolute nonsense. I imagine that JT sitting down with Rod painting this romantic idea in his head about how – Taylor's a damsel in distress, and she needs JT, and she has told him that before. I'm sure JT is probably just lying, too, to Rod. Lying to himself, for sure. So I I don't even really fault Rod, but Rod is just like a lost puppy at this point. There's no way he comes back next year. He has no footing in this group. Nobody really talks to him aside from JT, and you take out the Olivia of it all. There's no reason for Rod to even be on the show.
1: No, and I know it's going to happen. He's going to come on next week, and... The first thing, the only thing, and topic he's gonna have is Austin. And again, it's like you and JT have no relationship with Austin. Yeah. Just because you went on two dates with Olivia, you have no ties to Austin. Like, I I think that you're one hundred percent right. There's no way they come back, or not they. I don't think Rod comes back. Well,
0: I think Andy's gonna have to start it off. By asking Rod about his relationship, quote unquote, with Olivia. And that's going to be so sad
1: to listen to him. Oh, yeah. I
0: thought, you know, I thought I had a chance. This is a girl that I thought that I could date for a really long time. You know, it just really wasn't meant to be. I hope he takes like.
1: JT told me I had a shot. (laughs) Yeah,
0: there you go. Now we've just got the cycle of delusion just going back and forth.
1: But I think the funniest quote from that is as a divorced guy, you know, I'm aware that laughter can overcome a whole lot from, from JT. And I'm like, what the fuck? Are you, And that's where I'm like, okay, I don't think that this is you trying to say, like, this is not a real statement. What yeah. you're trying to do is garner sympathy by saying you're a divorced guy so that people will be like, oh, he's just trying to find love again. It's not working. You, it, I don't take anything that he says without a grain of salt. Everything I'm, he's saying, I'm digging further into. Like, you have a motive. Everything he does is planned. It's calculated and it's for furthering some kind of end game. He's working towards something always. Yep. And that's how those kinds of guys are. And that's what's so funny that Austin pegged him like from the jump. And everybody kind of does. And that's why everyone laughs when he's trying to cause a scene, when he's getting riled up. And in other situations, if it wasn't JT that was like getting hype, people would be like, oh shit. But it's JT, so people laugh until something happens. I'm like, whoa, dude, Like, calm down, yeah. little guy. Like, go Settle down, bud.
0: Thankfully, nobody's just coming to his aid. Well, you know what? It's It's very telling because Austin did something that's wrong this year, mm. and he was put on blast for it the entire year. JT, if you just told me nothing about JT and I didn't get to watch any of it and you told me there was somebody going against Austin for what he did, I would have imagined that he would have garnered a lot of support from the group. Because he's going to be a mouthpiece for the rest of the group that has issues with Austin. And maybe they're just dumping on Austin because of the things that he's done in the past. Watching it, it's like JT, it's sort of like what we talked about in Miami. Like, Julia is not the person to go, like, talk about the Adriana issue. Mm -hmm. JT is certainly not the person to go after Austin. It makes
1: no sense. The correct approach for JT would have 100% been go into this season and be friends with Austin. Try to be friends with Craig. Try to be friends with right. those guys. Don't go into the show as a newbie that none of us know, none of us care about, and try to take on Austin. Because for better or worse, love him or hate him, everybody has a soft spot for this guy. You're not going to win. You're not going to win with this white knight bullshit where you're coming in and trying to save all the women from evil Austin. And like, it's gone further. Now it's like he's trying to save all of the women in Charleston, not just this little group. Like, who the fuck are you, guys?
0: <laughs> he would have been better off just coming in, doing what he was supposed to do, dropping the little nugget about Taylor and Austin, sleeping over at each other's houses, and then just kind of blending in. Yes. Just go have some fun. Enjoy yourself. Make some jokes, because that will get people to like you. Mm-hmm. You doing the same thing every week doesn't make people like you.
1: Yep. And I want to skip ahead a little bit, and we get like right before the party, and Taylor's getting ready. And this is an important tidbit, because she just flat out says that she does still have some want to get back with shep mm-hmm. which is out of left field and like i mean obviously you've seen inklings of their relationship And they've had certain moments like when they were in uh jamaica and he's like oh I'm, someone's trying to get me drunk all that like there was some flirting and you can tell that shep especially when he's drinking he gets a little too personal like they're too close and obviously that would lead to some confusing feelings but this guy cheated on you relentlessly you've been pretty open about the fact that you're furious at him for doing these things and now to me it seems like she's so far down this rabbit hole of just bullshit that she's created for herself right that this is an easy way out where yeah, she's it's, like oh if we get back together though everything else goes away
0: it's the evil you know versus the evil you don't correct and yeah. she has like you said gone down this wild path of basically getting everybody to hate her yep all of her actions have resulted in people disliking her and questioning her behavior and yes you do get a pass to an extent but the things that you've done do catch up to you and if you keep repeating that behavior people are going to hate you so yeah she's in this and we find out in the reunion she's dating a new guy i don't know if she's still dating a guy
1: i don't care well, the funniest part she's fair. dating gaston who was involved in like a love triangle like on southern TG, hospitality yeah. there's a whole bunch of shit going on there so when yeah, she's like, like TJ's she's, roommate and, yeah and she's like he's actually normal i'm like he's not yeah. if we up. know who
0: he is through <laughs> another bravo show he's probably not that normal so maybe just take a step back and reevaluate your life but yeah taylor i, I get it and obviously it's not the right choice and you i don't do? think no no i understand what she's doing oh, okay like i said like she understands yeah my life was a little happier when i was with shep and he was cheating on me than it is now that's yeah. sad that's very sad yeah so i do understand that but the thing is shep when he's and we see him drunk all the time, and that'll be a huge sticking point for the reunion. But when he's sober, he has said over and over again, no, I don't want to be with Taylor. I just want to have a friendship with her. And that might even go away at some point because it's getting very complicated. So it's not a good place for Taylor to be. In.
1: Nope. And the other scene we get right before the party is Austin, and he's talking to Katie, his sister. And this is when he does things. I'm like, bro, like, come on. He's like, I'm expecting an apology from from Olivia. Yeah. Why? why even if she's admitting that there's in- inconsistencies on her end which she did to Leva like early in this episode which credit to her for acknowledging that right because we've seen it you know she's hot cold hot cold that's great that she can acknowledge that austin you can't expect an apology here my guy like think about it
0: what what do you think an apology even looks like in austin's mind from i don't know like i'm so sorry
1: for being inconsistent i didn't know what he wanted her to apologize for i didn't either leading him on maybe like is that i don't think so because like they, were, it was pretty clear this is not a romantic thing he was even saying i don't want to pursue anything past a friendship i just want to pursue our our friendship which if that's what you want don't say i love you then well don't say i love you yeah that's a good point but if that's what you
0: want then what apology are you expecting because if you're going to try to say that she's inconsistent and in leading you on and doing this and that and whatever if you don't want to be with her then what do you fucking want an apology for? I don't know. That was, confusing. And you should also understand, again, what she's been through in just the last couple of months. Maybe just give her a pass. You don't get an apology for That's anything. That's what I'm
1: saying. Just like, let and it go. people are so quick to forget things, though. It's so funny. We'll see. We'll see about this one. But that takes us to the party. And, of course, we got Whitney's Cottage Bar, which is finished. Which, if it was a bar out in public that you could go to... Like all right, it's kind of like a like a darker vibe. You walk in, like it's kind of sexy, but like whatever. When it's at a dude's house, that's just a bar. That's like a sex bar. I'm bringing chicks back here <laughs> to hang out in my dark bar to take them upstairs to a dark, weird room that nobody knows because it's hidden behind a bookcase with yep. a bunch of like bonded straps. That's what I'm thinking.
0: You're probably right. I I mean, I actually liked the bar. I thought that it looked pretty cool. And it's Would you want it at like if you had a home bar? If I was Whitney, I, I, not even just Whitney. If I was in Whitney's position, yes, I would a thousand. It looked like that, maybe a little lighter. I wouldn't. come I over. thought it looked pretty nice. I wouldn't come over. I think he's going. He's going for like the cigar bar type. No,
1: he's not. He's going for a, a bachelor. Like I'm going to bring back. He was going to bring the... back twenty year olds to this place, and they're going to be so enamored by my cool. Apparently, Whitney has a girlfriend
0: bar. that nobody knows.
1: Because it's Whitney. Well, even, that's the one moment I can also tell it. Like, she's like, Well, I hope that his girlfriend knows he's cheating on her, him, her, with everybody in Charleston. Yeah. Because for sure. He's a producer on the show. We can't talk about Whitney. All right. right, right. We can't, we, I'm actually surprised that they're talking didn't about cut that. We no, we can't.
0: Yeah. Oh, I was very surprised that that came out in the reunion because he's a producer. He's a producer.
1: Andy Cohen's the executive producer. Yes. He decides what gets cut, what is not cut. But. That brings us to what I wrote down as simply the talk, and this has been a long time coming for young JT, and he's been chomping at the bit to take his shot, and this probably could not have come at a worse time. I don't know why on earth you would do this at a party. Maybe it's because he was aware this is the season finale, and he wants to get his last shot in here. I don't know. I think that if you're going to profess your love to somebody, it's probably best to not do it around a group of people. But, hey, to each their own. And he takes Taylor off to the side. And it's already weird. I need to note here that as this is progressing, and Taylor knows what's going on. She knows what this conversation is. She says friendship four to six times Mm -hmm. before he even gets to what he's about to say. Yep, And he's like, you know... I love like I love being around you. We have so much fun together and everything's always great. We're always laughing. We're always laughing together. And all of a sudden he just says, I love you. I love you. I would marry you tomorrow. Not today. I guess, I guess, guess
0: that would been worse.
1: <laughs> yeah. But what the what do you think she's going to say? Like, how is that your approach, dude? Like, why would you not ease into it a little bit? Hey, I've been having feelings. I don't know if you feel the same way, but could we go grab a drink as more than friends? Something mellow, not, hey, I think about you every night when I go to sleep, and you left your hairbrush in my hotel room, so I stole a bunch of your hair, and I have it in a little ball that I like to smell occasionally. <laughs> yeah,
0: I don't know. JT's brain is like a bag of cats. Like, oh, it's that's just a good idea. Crazy. <laughs> So I don't know what he's thinking, but this is the best I can do. Taylor is in such a bad place that I think he's trying to take advantage of that by call, being there for her and then swindling her into being in a relationship. with him. I think that's actually a really good call. And he's not being the nice guy. He's taking advantage of somebody who's in a very bad place.
1: I agree 100%. And I'm going to get into the nice guy thing. I just need to, to mention I didn't think you could ramp it up further. But she's like, you know, you might not like it. She's she's letting him off easy. Yeah. Which is nice. And she's like, you might not like me. Like I might be a psycho. He's like, you are a psycho, but you know what's really psychotic? We could die tomorrow. But our weddings tomorrow. What the fuck, <laughs> JT? Like, we have now what covered I bag of cats. It's fucking love, insane. marriage, and death. Yeah. To try to swindle her. And you're right. He's using these big, like, big phrases and big turns of phrases to try to be like, like capture her in this moment. And again, you know, Taylor sucks, but this is manipulative. What he's doing is very manipulative and guys like this are the absolute worst because when it does not go the way he wants, he plays the role of nice guys always finish last. It's always assholes like Austin. You too are an asshole. You go about it differently. You're actually the worst kind of asshole because you hide behind this smoke screen of I'm the good guy. I'm the nice guy. I'm the guy scorned. No, you're a pissed off teenager that got his heart broken over a girl that owes you nothing Mm -hmm. just because you're nice to her in her time of need. That's why these kinds of guys are the worst. They think that because they're there for somebody in their time of need, they're owed something that Taylor owes you anything. She owes you jack shit. You're doing the bare minimum. You're being a friend to her. So for you to expect a relationship to blossom out of this simply because you caught feelings and she didn't. And then you're going to go on camera and say that you are the man scorned. You lose. You always lose because guys like Austin always win. Maybe take a look in the mirror. Why are you coming in last? It's not because you're a nice guy. That is not the reason. Plenty of nice guys end up in great relationships. There's something else here. And look at the TikToks your exes are making. That's why you're single. That's why you can't find anybody because you're a dickhead. It we have seen it all season. Like he's never hidden behind. The, I've said he's good for TV. I've never said he's a good guy. I've never thought he was a good guy. But I'm so glad it's coming to light because I hate. Hate, hate the narrative of I'm the good guy and I always get fucked. No, you're not. And thank God, thank God this didn't pan out for you because you don't deserve it.
0: Yeah. And to make matters worse, to add to the manipulation, he does this at a party when a bunch of people are there, including her ex. Yes. How many times you just went on a rant talking about how many times you've hung out with her one on one and how much fun you've had together. You couldn't have done it then. Correct. You got to do it. when the cameras are rolling at a party with her ex standing right behind you. Weird. You're trying to put the pressure on her to have her make a decision and say something that you want to hear without knowing what she actually feels or caring about what she actually feels. You just want the validation. Yep. What's up, bros? Shooter here to talk to you guys about AG1. Now, if you know me personally, I'm always waking up, making sure I've got my supplements, making sure I've got my vitamins ready to roll, and it gets a little tiring. Honestly, I wish that everything could just all come together at one time. AG1 came through for me. I decided to give AG1 a try. Because it's something that I can take all at one time. It's a drink, and it's nice and simple, gets my day started in a great way. And since I started taking AG1, I felt a little more energized. I feel a little stronger. It gets me going in the morning. It's all the things that I want when I take a supplement, vitamin, whatever it is in the morning that I'm going to be taking, AG1 is there for me. Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics, and more but it's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's just one scoop, mixed in water, once a day, every day. Every batch of AG1 goes through a rigorous testing process, so you know it's safe. And AG1 ingredients are sourced for absorption, potency, and nutrient density. If you want to take ownership of your health this year, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2, and 5 free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com/brobros that's drinkag1.com/brobros check it out this episode is brought to you by paramount plus Get in, loser. Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with
1: some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. But like a movie scene, the cool guy comes in and Shep walks over and swoops. And immediately she leaves. Like there's your sign, Val. Like I hope that stung a little bit because again, here's
0: her ex-boyfriend that cheated on her and boasted about how much fun it was cheating on her, Mm -hmm. and she still walked away with him. Yep, and would get back together with him. It says more about Taylor than it does about Shep or even you. But still, if you weren't so crazy and so focused on Taylor, you might be able to see that and say, you know what, maybe a relationship with this girl isn't a good idea.
1: Absolutely. But in this next scene with Shep, we actually see. And it's interesting because this leads into the reunion a little bit. We see a more mature Shep in this conversation. I was actually proud of him because she is at her, like, she's scrambling. Okay. If, if JT's a bag of cats, then she's just, she's a lost cat. That's what's in okay, her. Brain,
0: all right. Okay. All
1: right. She's a lost cat.
0: Cat analogies. Yeah, going. I like it.
1: Keep, keep going with cat analogies. And. She is grasping at straws to try to figure out how to find her way through this. And I'm surprised that Shep didn't at least entertain the idea. He was pretty steadfast on, look, I don't think that there's anything here anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't want to go down this path again. I would love to find a place where we're okay. And I'm still going to message you. But if that messes with your head, I'm not going to message you. And she says it might. And he goes, okay, then I'll step back because I don't think that this is the right thing. And I was proud of him. I, I never thought I would hear him say that. And I also, uh, I really appreciated the approach to it. It wasn't aggressive. He was, he was sympathetic to her and her emotions. And that that's a big step for him. And I think that's important to highlight that that happens before what we're about to talk about at the reunion, because in between these two things was BravoCon. And I mm-hmm. guess that was his pivotal moment where, he kind of woke up a little bit. And yeah. We'll, we'll discuss that at length because that one hit me really hard.
0: Yeah. Real weird 10 minutes for Taylor there.
1: Yeah. Yes. Very weird. Yeah. That's a tough Taylor. tough transition in, in conversations for sure. Here's but... a
0: crazy guy who loves you and
1: here's a crazy guy who wants nothing to do with you. Yeah. How do you feel? <laughs> Are you good? Probably not. But we got Austin and Olivia and... Again, to her credit, Olivia immediately points out, yes, there's been inconsistencies on my end. She hasn't apologized. She just says, yeah, there's been inconsistencies, and that's because I get hot and cold with you. And then I feel like you say the right thing because you know what I want to hear. It's just not a good friendship. It's really not. And he's like, I just want to be there for you. And she's like, you haven't been. And in all respects, you really haven't been because Mm -hmm. had you been, and we talked about it earlier on, by using certain phrases at the certain time, and I get what you're trying to do. I don't think I, I've said it from the jump. I don't think his intentions are malicious. I think he gets caught up in the moment. And I've said that from the beginning. And I think this is a sign of that. But then for him to out loud and verbalize, I was, this is, I'm blown away. This went so far left of what I thought it was going to be. I was thinking you were going to apologize. And she's like, what? Why? And we all at home are like, what? What? Why like, how is that where your brain goes yeah. man
0: i I've actually done a complete one eighty. We even said earlier in the season that I don't think, and you said the same thing that you don't think Austin is using Taylor's vulnerability and her sensitive situation to get closer to her so that he could date her.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I am kind of moving in that direction now because we've moved away from all of the traumatic things that have happened to Taylor to to Olivia and yeah, I'm kind of thinking now he wants to put himself in a better position because he said before, I love her and I want her to be part of my life. That could mean friends for now so that I can be in a position later to potentially date her.
1: I always and think he that he's in, the back in his
0: there. It's got to be in the back of his head, whether it's subconscious or fully conscious. I don't know. He you you can tell right away because he wants that apology and that doesn't make any sense at all. So he has talked himself into a completely different situation that we don't understand.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with you, but. We get the patented 30 minutes later, and any time in recent history that we get a one hour later, thirty oh, yeah. minutes later, something's about to pop off, and not only that, it actually delivers. And it's Salt Lake and now a Southern charm. And it's like 30 minutes later, they're talking about certain things, and J.T.'s just off to the side kind of overseeing shit, and he is so pissed off thinking about the fact that Austin kissed Taylor. He has been friend zoned and I know exactly what happened after that moment. Because Rod brings him a shot of whiskey, and I know what he did. He took that shot and he just kept getting further and further. And into- he was he was sad drinking. Yeah. And that never leads to anything good, especially when you're sad drinking with brown liquor. Let me tell you.
0: <laughs> oh, this is <laughs> next level analysis here. It's,
1: there's something about a sad brown leather leather. Leather, <laughs> sad brown liquor. There was some brown leather in that uh, was. dungeon bar. Yeah, the dungeon bar. There was, a, when you're drinking bourbon from experience to get over something, it makes things infinitely worse. You either get sad, sadder. You got a recommendation for a good thing to
0: drink tequila. when you're sad.
1: Really? Yeah, because it's an upper. I swear to God, because it, it will, it's the only alcohol that is a stimulant. Uh-huh. So if you're sad drinking tequila, it tends to make you goofy. Yeah, I will break okay. right. yeah, that whole thing. This is this is good analysis. I'll make a book on how to drink when you're happy, sad, or otherwise by okay. Steele Russell. I'd buy that book. Yeah, well, trust me, I've done well, my. I'd re- hope
0: I'd get a free copy with like a, a signature. And you
1: would. But I've done my research. Or I can on the
0: I can write the uh what are they is it a preface? An epilogue. epilogue. I thought that was after. That's after. It's
1: a prelogue. Prelogue.
0: Yeah. yeah. You can write the I pre-logue. can write that,
1: yeah. Um, but anyway. JT's on the bar stool. That's important to note. And Austin does initiated it because he walks over and he goes, I did tell you to get on a barstool the next time he talked to me. And I thought that was a dick move, but also I didn't think he was like trying to start a fight. I think it was more so like taking a jab at JT because there are tensions there. JT and that-
0: was already like murmuring different things exactly. to Austin yes. and Taylor and whatever. So I think that Austin recognized JT was coming after him and he stepped over there to defuse the situation by making fun of JT.
1: Yeah. And anytime a guy speaks like a Lord from like old England, He's like, you're a snake and a coward. Like, just fucking use normal terms. You're a fucking asshole. You're a douchebag. Like, anything but, like, I hate when they try to pinpoint words like that. You snake. You scoundrel. You scallywag. Yeah, scallywag's a good one. Bring that back. Speak normal, though. And this is when Austin's like, dude, what's your problem? Why are you so upset at this? And he's going in on, on Austin, and Taylor's defending Austin because he should be. Like, that is the right move there because JT's making an ass. You're making this way worse. Nobody's talking about this. We don't have to discuss this right now. You're calling attention to an issue that we don't want to call attention to, and it's embarrassing everybody except for the people that you're trying to embarrass. Austin's not embarrassed right now. No. JT, you're embarrassed, and you're embarrassing Taylor, who you're trying to stand up for. She checks him, and JT goes, I'll never forget this. You're going to stay I'll never forget this. Here's the funny thing, okay? If tomorrow jt left charleston and no longer had a friendship with taylor taylor would not give two shits it would not affect her he would be screwed totally rattled wouldn't know how to handle himself taylor would have a normal day after the fact she doesn't care that much
0: yeah i don't think that it was the right thing for taylor to step in and defend austin I don't though. either you did. did. You said right it was thing? a good thing. Yeah, you said rightfully. So. I mean, no, I. I you take just that mean back. somebody
1: defending. No, I him. actually. I take that back because it's. It is. Look, she caused this whole shit storm. She deserves all the shit, one hundred percent, when it's warranted. In this moment, it's not a topic of conversation. So I'm saying it more from a standpoint of, hey, you're now you're bringing me into it now, and I don't want to do this right now. So I do think that she's within her right to say, "Yo, shut the fuck up." I I don't
0: think that Taylor was involved in it at all. I think that she could have just left it alone. The topic is about her for sure, but her stepping in to defend Austin, who she is currently, they have a huge fucking shitstorm on their hands because the two of them hooked up and nobody forgot about that. It's only been a couple of weeks. You're still heavily under scrutiny for everything that you've done. You stepping in and defending Austin to JT, who's been on a vendetta against Austin for his behavior, mostly involving you. Is a bad look.
1: Oh, see, Shep immediately
0: is just like, what the fuck? Like, we're, uh, we're trying to ignore all of okay. this. Olivia is there. Like, it's just not a good look for Taylor to step in. to I be guess. the one to defend Austin, because eventually when push comes to shove, Craig will step in and defend Austin. You yeah. know, that's going to happen. Just let that happen.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I was so focused on the JT of it all. I wasn't. I... Well,
0: I mean, it does confirm at least for you would hope that it confirms for JT or at least Rod, who's in his fucking year telling him that he's doing the right thing. Taylor doesn't give a shit about JT. Correct. She is defending Austin after you just confessed your love to her,
1: and we all know it. what Austin has done.
0: I'll never forget. I'll this. never forget this. And you're on your knees on top of a bar stool.
1: But Stupid. this is when you know, and I do give Austin credit, and that's I, I phrased it wrong earlier, but he's in his face on this bar stool, and I'm telling you right now, if there was a dude in front of me like that and barking at me like that. I would have shoved him about 20 minutes before that. Yeah. I would have, and I wouldn't even, I would have kicked the bar stool out. So he fell on the ground and I would have walked away. Like Austin did control himself. JT wanted it. There's a certain And like people, obviously violence should never be the answer. If you and that Austin even points it out. 10 years of this show, this has never happened. And mm-hmm. you and boom, we get into fisticuffs. Like this has never been a problem. And now you've taken it to a different level in your first season because you're just like, you're so pissed off at the world. So, for me, watching that scene, I actually credit Austin for holding back a little bit because there is a certain point when someone's in your face saying, more or less, let's do this. Hit me. That's what JT's doing. Yep. He's trying to provoke him. And so you can't get mad at Austin for getting provoked. And at least he didn't punch him. He he shoved him. And JT's response is to headbutt him. He pulls a Zenardine Zidane, which we haven't seen in years, and, and headbutts him in the chin. So it's those
0: fucking soccer players. It,
1: <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. Good call. Yeah, I didn't even Always think about Always with the
0: headbutt. That. They never use anything else.
1: But, you know, everything blows up and JT's like, guess what, buddy? You lose. No, he does not. No, no, no he does
0: not. No, you look like a lunatic. You can tell because the producers are also going to Austin yes, to diffuse the situation. Not you. not you. Guess who's going to you? Rod. Yeah. Great. you and rod can go stand out there and act like you won and you had a huge triumph of a victory against austin because now everybody can see what kind of guy austin is he shoves somebody he shoves a little guy on a fucking, <laughs> on a bar stool when we're eye to eye that's not a guy that you want to be around no everybody flocked around austin to try to calm him down because he is in the right he is what is jt right. doing why is he fucking obsessed with me why is he in my face about this and nobody knows that JT and Taylor just had that conversation. They'll look back and think it's really funny and it might shed a little bit of light as to why his his behavior was that erratic, but he's been doing the same thing all season. So it's not like this is a byproduct of that conversation. It's just been building up and building up. And he finally said what he wanted to say, and it doesn't hit at all. Nobody cares what you have to nobody say. Nobody
1: cares. Everyone's concerned about Austin. There are people in the group on the side that say that like this is an Austin thing. Like Shep, his confession was like, yeah, you know, Austin hurt a lot of people. He hurt me. What he did was really bad. Finally. Like, yeah, duh.
0: That's fair. Yeah, that's
1: yeah. totally fair. They and don't like,
0: care where it comes from, but it's coming from JT. So it obviously just doesn't hit on a different level.
1: No. And it just, it painted the perfect picture of JT, which is so funny because he thought this would be his moment of triumph, standing up for the girl he loves. That girl takes the side of the guy that he hates. He gets shoved off of a bar stool, and headbutts a guy. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but you landed a clean headbutt and didn't even phase him. So that has to be a hurt to the ego as well. The point is, just fucking relax, JT. Just relax. Go home and watch the re- Go watch the season. And that's the craziest part. Is he did, and he shows up to the reunion, which we're getting into now. Doesn't double down. He quadruples down, he bet the mortgage on this shit. This he skipped guy, triple no, he skipped triple, yeah he skipped the triple. he went straight to quadruple because this guy it's unfa- i can't put my brain around it I don't get it i don't understand people like him I
0: it's annoying it it's got to suck. Being there and knowing that's what JT is going to do. And you can tell because Austin and Craig in the green room before they go out to the reunion, mm-hmm. they're laughing. They're like, JT's here. Like, what do you think is going to happen? Oh, God, we have to deal with him. Like, nobody wants to even associate themselves with you except for Rod, who's not even out there. Yep. So, yeah, you're going to sit there. There is one little glimpse of Madison saying, is JT just me in a malice body? And then they all kind of laugh it off. But aside from that, nobody knows what you're doing. No one's and acknowledging laughing you. at you. Everything that you do is a joke. And it just falls on deaf ears. He thinks that he's doing something spectacular, and he's not. He's no. a joke to this entire group, and
1: he's so in denial about it. It's just so weird to watch. And his behavior, and we'll get there. I'm going to save all the Shep stuff for the end because I, as you could probably guess, have a lot to say about that whole scene. And a big part of that was JT's behavior during that scene. Right. We wanted to crawl through the screen and shove him off a bar stool, to say the least. But let's get into the reunion. First and foremost, Dapper Crew. They look fantastic. This is probably the best-dressed reunion I've seen. I love the aesthetic as well behind, and it was based off of Shep's Mountain House. It, yep. It's working. Everything I'm seeing That's gotta is working. has got
0: to be pretty working. cool. You've got a house of your own like out in the mountain somewhere, and Andy goes, you know what? We're going to model the reunion
1: after that. Much That's better than a uh, a frozen, frozen shipwreck of Salt Lake. I'm <laughs> not really sure what's going on there, but you know what? The background for that one doesn't matter. It works. It just works. Somebody tagged us in a or they messaged us and it was a picture of the boat and the, um, the was the mast, the front of the boat yeah. has the lady on it, whatever, like yeah. the crest of the boat. Mm-hmm. And she's got um an icicle hanging from her nose. And she goes, are we going to talk about the frozen booger? <laughs> oh, that was funny. Pretty funny. But we get into this reunion and right out of the gate, right out of the gate, unwarranted, didn't come from anywhere. No one said shit about it. JT's like, I'm gonna perform the first ever fuck boy exorcism at this reunion. You'd think that would be enough, but he keeps talking. He keeps going, like, I'm gonna get it out of you, I'm gonna get that demon out of you right now, boy. I'm like, dude, you're talking shit again. Stop. Even Andy Cohen himself says, Hey, first timer, shut up. Yep. That was Andy's nice way of saying shut up. He's like, I know you're excited. I appreciate you coming in hot. You're brand new. You're you're borderline friend of. You should be in the back with Rod. We did, we gave you the honor of coming out here to sit down. Shut up. Know your place. Know your role. The newbie should not be introing the reunion. No,
0: so, I actually don't even think that he should be sitting out there. If that's what I'm like, that's what we're dealing with now. Yeah, you should have known that this is what he's going to do. Let him come out with that energy. Don't let him sit there because the entire time while we're talking about an entire season's worth of storylines that have absolutely nothing to do with JT. Oh. I don't need to see his reaction to things. Nope. I don't need to hear what he has to say. He's going to sit and mumble. About everything else. Yes. He's just sitting there and mumbling and everything comes back to Austin and he's just trying to make fun of Austin and he thinks he's doing a great job at it. He should have come out with Rod in the second part of the second episode. Let him go off for a little bit. People will laugh at him and then that's it.
1: This is not a main storyline for the season. It's just JT being annoying. Yep. 100%. But we get to check in with Madison first and loved Loved Madison this season. She had a great season. Yeah. She's she's found her role. And I think this really fits her because she's not the Madison of old where she gets mad and like pops off at everything. She's more subdued. And I don't know if you credit that to her getting married and not crediting it to Brett or anything like that. I just mean, I think she's in a place in her life where she's happy. She's content. She likes where she's at. She's past the bullshit. Like she's no longer needing to get involved all of the time. But that's what makes it so good when she gets involved, because it's and now it's more of just like kind of a drop in the bucket. Like she'll she'll walk by and say something really funny or have a really good retort to shut somebody up, but is able to pull away from it. She right. just gets so far into the shit that she's now a main player. It's just like, oh, that was really funny. And she walks away to her beautiful house with her beautiful husband and her beautiful kid. Love that.
0: Yeah, we love that. And we actually got to see at their show on Saturday night. One of the questions was a housewife calling Austin out, uh, right? Because he called Madison a boring housewife. That's the risk that you run when you're on these shows, and yep. you just start slamming insults into people.
1: Yep, yeah, that was really funny. Actually, she took umbrage with you know calling a housewife boring. Yeah, no, Madison wasn't clarified. He said a bored housewife. He didn't say that she was a boring housewife because the woman at the show was saying, "Are you saying that all housewives are boring?" Good response from Austin. He said, Obviously not. Our entire network was built on interesting households.
0: That is a really good answer. So yeah. yeah Madison good... this year was really good. She was a good mix of the Madison of old who can throw shade, who can put herself in different situations, as we saw with the Taylor photo, her stepping in immediately saying, I, w- I was crucified for the things yeah. that I was crucified <laughs> for the things that I've done in the past. Now you're doing it and somebody needs to speak up. So yeah, I'm gonna get after you because I've got a lot of pent-up rage about that. She can do that and still have nice moments like she had with her son when her son was being bullied, which we heard about later in the reunion. She yelled in the ring camera. She yelled in the ring move. camera. That's a fucking great move. And it, she's like, and it got settled. That's so damn we're right good. It did. Yeah, hell yeah. But we got to see a balance of life between what Madison is doing at home and what she's still able to bring to the show, which is awesome. And that's what we need.
1: I think even more of a highlight of that was the fact that she went in on Taylor. Fast forward to Jamaica, she takes the time to go out by the pool and sit next to Taylor and explain it. Like, hey, this is what I was doing. I'm not apologizing for it. I am going to sit down and have a hard tart so we can move past it, but this is what's up. And I want to hear from you and your side of it. Like, I don't think we would have seen that in the past.
0: Providing perspective.
1: Yeah. And it was, she had a great, great season. And she continues to be just a a centerpiece of the show and will be for as long as she wants to be. But we start talking about Shep a little, just a little bit. And in respect to watching Madison grow in her relationship, in her life, hey, is this inspiring you at all to, to settle down? And he just says, I'm afraid to move forward because of the monotony of it. And they make the joke, like the monogamy, monotony. And it was interesting. And I didn't know, you know, I've seen clips, but I wasn't sure what to expect, what got Shep to his breakdown later when he starts mm-hmm. talking about things. But even his responses to people and the way he's reacting to jokes and stuff, he's very, very subdued with it. Like, he's not popping off about stuff. He's not getting overreactive to stuff. And, like, the monotony, monogamy thing, he's like, yeah, ha, ha. Like, But just continues to kind of talk instead of addressing it. So I'm already like, whoa, what's – like, he's, Yeah, he's got something heavy on his mind. Something's going on, yeah. yeah. And he says, you know – I'm just afraid of the fact that like, oh, we got a reservation on Saturday because that's our big night out because the rest of the week we got to put the kids to bed. You got to give the kid all the stuff that you do as a father or just as a quote unquote a grown up, you know, moving forward in your life. That scares him. And I'm actually proud of him once again for being open about it and honest about it and talking about it. And Leva breaks it down. She's like, look, I was scared, too. And I think every parent can relate to this. Yeah, you have a lot of questions in your head, especially at the last month when the baby's almost there you're like well what about this what about that and as soon as you have your kid all of it goes away any worries any what am i going to do with this it it's no longer a problem because you realize that you would do anything for this little baby so everything else goes to the side and leva voices that i was so nervous to just the the prospect of taking a bath every night putting my kid in the tub seems so monotonous and so now I look forward to that time with my kids. Right. It's a great time for me because I get to like zone everything else out and focus on my child. So I think that it's good for him to hear that. Like, look, it's scary, but what you're scared of is not a reality. That is not what's going to happen. You can be scared of certain things, nervous, apprehensive, whatever you may want to use as the adjective. But at the end of the day, like, once it's there, it's not what you think it is. And it's beautiful and it's great and you're going to love it. So I think that for the first time, and I've seen these conversations with Shep where he does get emotional and seems to be open to things. This seems different. This seems like he's actually open to these people. He's actually listening to what people are saying. And I think that go- that goes so far for me. My opinion on Shep has changed drastically in these last two episodes.
0: Yeah, not even the last two episodes. You can see pretty much the entire season it's yeah, a little the season, bit different. Yeah. And I, look, maybe it's just the pressures of being in a relationship have been lifted from him. So maybe. we get to see... Where he's actually been and like what he's done in his recovery process from, uh, you know, the end of a relationship that was absolutely nuts for him and Taylor, probably more so, obviously. And this is a different type of Shep And obviously, again, the beginning of this reunion is a little weird because we don't know what happens at the end. So you can tell something is weighing heavily on his mind. We don't know what it is. Maybe this is a good time for him to just, you know, think about his life and what he actually wants. And if he's going to
1: listen to people around him, that could help. It could, and it seems to be what he's doing. But this is when we get the board housewife comment, and they're discussing it. And Austin does apologize. He says, "You know, I was drunk, and I wanted to hit below the belt. That seemed like a layup, so I said it, which is what we all knew." Yeah, I don't. I actually think that Austin has more respect for Madison than anybody's saying like right now. Oh, absolutely. He yeah, he definitely respects her. He respects her relationship with Brett. Like, I don't think that. He has any weird vendetta against her. I think that they have a long history together. They do. So when shit starts to go down, both of them are like, well, I know exactly how to get to you and vice versa because they're just the history.
0: Yeah. And, and you can also just kind of wipe it off immediately. Like I It's think not like do. Madison got upset that he said that she laughed at it. and She's like, oh, I know what you're doing now. You're hitting below the belt because I actually got you this time. Yeah. And you know that right away. But he still apologized. And I think he actually meant it. I don't think, I think that their relationship is very weird. And there's obviously some weird vibes that happen here and there. But some of the realest moments that we get from Austin are when Madison. he's sitting down with Madison and they're talking about Taylor and Olivia. We got more out of him in just that little conversation in Jamaica than we got pretty much the entire season. He was more authentic with her than he was with even Craig. So, yeah, there's a deeper level there. And where Madison is now and how happy
1: she is, I think that she's okay with that. I do too. And of course, of course, because Austin is the topic of conversation, we have to get the sidebar from j t and he's like, "All you want to do is harass her. It's all you want to do and he's like, what? Now you're standing up for
0: Madison like it she does She does not
1: sense. need it. no she has never needed it and will never need it. She's good. Trust me, yeah, she can handle her own shit, but this goes to tell you who j t is because he brings up two reunions ago j t you weren't here. This is I'm weird. I'm surprised
0: he even watched a reunion based off of his I'm actions not, right away. I'm not at all. But he
1: came out of a gun hot like that? I think that he has watched the reunions and because his perception of reality is warped because yeah. he's an idiot... He's like, oh, I know exactly how I'm going to play this. I've seen enough reunions. I'm coming out of the gate hot. I'm making my point early.
0: Yeah, and I had I like had the... a different I had a different look at that. As soon as he brought up another reunion, I'm like, he watched reunions, not based off of what I've oh, seen. See, I
1: think he watched every single scene of yeah. every single season. That's the vibe I get from him. And you texted me this before I had watched it, and he makes your favorite movie is Gladiator. Yeah, and I he got makes so a upset Gladiator about it. reference, and the funniest part, he calls Austin Commodus, who is you know the emperor that kills his dad in love with his sister and he pins the murder of his father on maximus who then gets sent into slavery and then ends up as a gladiator and then overthrows the emperor and saves Rome. good job thank you amazing movie i need to revisit it actually especially before they drop the sequel (laughs) 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 i can't believe they're making another one and i'm I'm actually kind of upset as the only way i won't be upset is if Russell Crowe makes a cameo somehow.
0: He's an executive producer, but they're not going to be doing it's not a continuation of the story. It's going to be different eras in Rome and
1: different uh emperors, which is fine, but I need a statue of Maximus then. There will be. There needs to be something There's alluding be something. to him. Yeah. Okay. Then I'll be I'll I'll be better about it then. But the funniest part about it is if he's making the comparison to Commodus, who's this obsessed little pissed off man that wants to constantly prove that he's more masculine than other people. He uses his power to try Mm -hmm. to like finagle Austin and all this stuff. If you want to like break it down, he's Commodus. JT
0: is Commodus. JT is Commodus. It's the most ironic comment of the day. It really is. Saying that is so funny. And the big, uh, like the topic of conversation is, JT is Napoleon. He tries to say, you know, little guys can rule the world. Like, no, dude, you are Commodus. You are the one who's pissed off at somebody else for something that you don't have. And that's what Austin is showing you. And you mistakenly, and that's why I was so pissed off, completely got the reference wrong. Yep. Don't bring my favorite movie into this. I don't <laughs> want to hear you say that. Austin can. Sure. Craig can. Of course. No, not you, JT. You keep that movie alone. And he keeps doing movie quotes after. I know. Like, what are you doing? Were you getting ready for the reunion by watching old
1: reunions and then in between just watching like bro films? He's like, Big Bird. And, and, and even Andy's like, why are you naming characters? This is what you brought. These are your receipts. Movie quotes. I'm actually surprised that he doesn't have a burn book. Ah, dude, he might have a bedazzled burn book. Who knows? But mom made it for him. I just wrote down psycho behavior. I don't know why he's doing this. He's like he says your her glow up compared to your glow down is comical. They're comical compared to each other. Nobody was saying anything like that. It's what? not like
0: Austin was talking shit on Madison saying, oh, yeah, just because you're in a better spot in your life doesn't mean that you can come after me. They were okay. They're fine. Madison immediately said, yeah, I know you didn't mean that. It's okay. She he yeah, apologize." She
1: said, yeah, pissed me off, but
0: yeah, move and on. Austin's response was, you don't know about me and Madison's relationship. We're good. We're fine. Don't yeah. worry about us. It's not like you needed to save Madison in that moment. So I don't get what you're doing. And again, I, I put this on Bravo for even having JT out there this early.
1: Oh, that's actually not a bad point. But then we talked about Craig for a little while. And obviously the first thing that comes up is Paige. And, you know, will they move in together this and that? We've talked about this at nauseam. I don't think we need to continue to rehash this conversation. We've talked to him. You guys have heard him talk about it. They're in a good place. And we haven't seen anything to the contrary. Every time we see them together, they seem to be in a good place. Whatever this setup is seems to be working, Yep. but it leads to another conversation. This is because JT brings it up talking about bondage and their sexual relationship. And I think he just idolizes Craig and wants to be Craig and he wants to kill Austin. Yes. That's what I think. And it's all psycho behavior, but whatever it's neither here nor there. And we get into the female's joy conversation and whether or not Shep cares. <laughs> and apparently, you know, or knows what it is. I don't think it's lack. Of, yeah. In, initially, when they're on the bus and he's like, I don't care as long as I get mine. I think that was a deflection. I think this is a more realistic answer. Look, man, like their finish lines different. It's finicky down there. I don't know. Uh, it I is.
0: love that Vanita <laughs> steps in and says, hey, Shep, I can give you a book. She comes first. first. (laughs) He's like, I would read that. I would definitely read that. Like, all right. Yeah, I think you probably would. Or it would just sit on your mantle and you would think that. But I don't really. This is, again, goes to show you what Chef's behavior is. Because we've seen him in reunions in the past. Mm -hmm. When people go after him for stupid shit like this. He gets defensive. He gets very defensive and then makes jokes and then goes after them and he's very mean to them. Or he just takes it out on Taylor, one of the two. This time he kinda laughs a little bit and then has like one or two words and just kind of shakes his head and puts his head back down.
1: Almost like Like he's gonna. What's going on with Chef? I don't know. We're gonna talk about it soon though. But overall with Craig, man, like this so we talked about it. The sewing down south has blown up. It's awesome. And will they move to Charleston? Maybe eventually in the future, who knows? But It gets to the page cheating rumor. And a couple people have heard it being kicked around. I guess Catherine started it. And if Catherine started it last year, we all know what place. Bravo con last year. Yeah. Yeah. And we're aware of the place that Catherine was in and hopefully has gotten away from since leaving the show. Because, I mean, you saw that video of her like flying through a school zone and hitting like a traffic officer. If she's the root of the rumor at BravoCon last year, like, no, I don't think there's any merit here. I don't think there's any merit at all. Page does not strike me as unfaithful
0: no not at all and like we had questions about it last year and it's probably just based off of summer house just because andrea was there and there was mm-hmm. a whole thing with that but i mean that's early on when they were dating
1: and they were also open about that yeah
0: and they don't like yeah they cared now for yeah. sure was but that at the time we had questions about it and they answered it pretty much yeah. immediately like yeah you know we're dating we live in two different states but you know we just started so we'll see how it goes I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think it's completely fine. So. Well, I,
1: I thought it was weird to watch.
0: It was definitely Because then it was Craig weird would come watch, for the
1: weekend. I was like, hey. It, well,
0: It was weird to watch because, again, we're watching six months in the future. Right. So it's like, yeah, we know where Craig and Paige are now. So watching this is making me uncomfortable. Yeah. But, but again, they
1: they cleared it up for us. So again, I, I don't at the end of the day, it's up to them. If they're okay with it, everybody should be okay with it. That's right? it, right? That that should be a headline like tagged on Bravo. If they're cool with it. You should be, too. Agreed. Like, we dive too far into certain things. But the whole spotlight thing that Shep had brought up before, and I didn't know what he was referencing. And he at least made me understand it more. Yeah. Where he's like, you know, you get away scot-free. And originally, I was like, what are you talking about? He elaborates on it. Like, you don't have to be in front of camera all the time. Having a relationship on camera is really hard and a big strain in your relationship that I believe. And we've seen that across the board. Look at Beverly Hills right now. Look at Mo and Kyle. I mean, you can name a thousand different examples across the Bravo universe of this actually being a thing and a factor in a relationship. I firmly believe that. So I get what he's saying, but at the same time and Craig points it out, it's like, yeah, but the setup is entirely different. You broke up with Taylor or she broke up with you because of infidelity. Mm -hmm. That's why, like, let's not get it twisted. Does he get a pass sometimes because everything's not on camera and it's probably easier to deal with some of the shit and when they get into a fight, it's probably much easier to get past it because there's not a camera and a microphone in your face? Okay. Is that a reason for you to go after him? No, it's not. Absolutely not. Just because they're in a long-distance relationship and you to claim that that is a tactic. That's not a tactic. That's a weird thing to say, like, oh, you're going to stay in New York because I don't want you to be on camera. Like He admitted that there's times that she goes upstairs to remove herself a situation which sort. is fine too. It's
0: just it's not even about any of that. And I feel like they're upset because she's not around more often. There's questions about it, but Craig isn't answering to the public about it. Mm-hmm. It's a personal relationship. How about you just leave them alone? And we're getting as much as we possibly can. I feel like we've had the same conversation about Paige moving to Charleston 50 times between Summer House and now Southern Charm. And we're just kind of revisiting it. And we watch things a little differently, of course, because we have to talk about them. And we can notice a subtle change in it, whatever the way that Paige is answering or how Craig feels. We can analyze that to a certain extent. I think they're showing about as much as you want. It's just... You I know. don't need. I don't need to see it every week. No, it, because but we like haven't it, gotten any further. It also has nothing to do with Shep's relationship. Like right. Shep, you were cheating on Taylor, that's and it. you were on a TV show, so we could see that you were flirting with other girls. When you went up to Charlotte with Austin last year, we can see all of that. The evidence is presented in front of us. The evidence that's presented in front of us for Craig and Paige is they love each other very much, and they're trying to figure out what they want to do moving
1: forward. Nothing wrong with that. But to, to Shep's credit, I, I'm giving a lot of people credit today. Yeah, a lot of credit. That's my uh, my word of the day is. To give them credit, but instead of going back at Craig after Craig checks him, he just says, you know, Taylor recognized a lot of my flaws and she pointed them out to me and I didn't recognize them myself. And I'm one year too late again. It's like, whoa. So you are recognizing that you have some things need to change and you didn't jump down Craig's throat for saying that this is a different situation because even during this season you would have said it was the same. Like you would have come back and it was something, but instead you're subdued and taking ownership for certain things. And now my brain is like, my brain's spinning. Like, oh yeah, Who is this guy? What's up, bros? Still here to talk to you guys about one of my favorite foods to eat, and that is Magic Spoon Cereal. As you guys know, I'm a personal trainer. I'm a big advocate for foods that can replace some of our other favorites. We all remember growing up, Saturday morning cartoons, having that big bowl of whatever your favorite cereal was, all of that sugar and those empty carbs, empty calories. And as you get older, you don't have that lightning fast metabolism that you did as a youngster. So you got to look at what you're putting in your body. Our body is a temple after all. And with Magic Spoon, you can have your favorite... Flavors of cereal without feeling guilty. You can try the variety pack. Their four flavors are cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. And this pack has zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and four to five grams of net carbs, only 140 calories a serving. And it's high protein. It has zero grams of sugar, it's keto friendly, gluten free. Grain-free, and it's soy-free. My favorite flavor is cocoa and peanut butter, and I mix those bad boys together. It's a great snack. After the gym, I get my protein kick with great flavors in it. A little midnight snack, if you will, because I can eat a bowl of Magic Spoon and not feel guilty in the morning. It's great. So go to magicspoon.com slash bravbros to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code bravbros at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. So remember, start the new year off right with a delicious bowl of high-protein cereal at magicspoon.com slash bravbros. And use the code bravbros to save $5 off. But we get to Taylor finally, and you know, talking about her relationship with Olivia and they were great friends leading up to the season. And Olivia was like, I was excited to show our friendship that we don't need no man. Like we're good on our own. And lo and behold, (laughs) everything went to shit. And at least Taylor acknowledges her behavior. She's like, yeah, you know, that's, that's on me. She does say like, I think everything was so cool up until that point because Shep wasn't in the picture. He was off gallivanting around the world with his friends and with twins out in Australia going Mm -hmm. to pga balls or whatever the fuck whatever he the hell doing. they were doing yeah but i i get that's like out of sight out of mind they didn't heal anything there was no closure in the relationship they just split and he bounced so i would get that like coming back into town obviously it reopens a lot of feelings you're trying to figure everything out does not excuse any of your behavior no because her behavior had already started before shep
0: even got back. that leaving. actually might be a good answer as to why Austin and Taylor felt so comfortable around each other because Shep wasn't in the picture. Shep wasn't there. Shep was over in Australia and in South Africa. He came back for filming. So in those months between the reunion and I think BravoCom is somewhere in the middle of that too. Between all of those things going on, Shep was out of the picture. So yeah, one, Taylor didn't get any closure during that. And we saw that in the first episode. That was really awkward. And two, Shep's not around to cast this shadow over it. So Taylor and or Taylor and Austin can just kind of gallivant around. They can go get some lunch. They can hang out with each other, and they don't have to worry about running into Shep and questioning all of that. So I think that actually may have led to the comfortability that we saw. But they were still dancing around Olivia. Yeah, which is like, eh, no, like That's you gross. can't. It's really tough to hear that Olivia was looking to show they have a real friendship. We're not just the girlfriends of the guys on this show. We can bring it too. And in the meantime, while Olivia is thinking all of those things. Taylor is considering a relationship with
1: Austin. Yeah, that's pretty fucked up. It's super fucked up. And like, that's what gets glossed over. And the group highlights that when like they're arguing about stuff. It's like, you're missing the point of all of this. They're not even hurt because you guys made out because of the consistent lies that you've been telling. You've glossed over this for an extended period of time. Austin, you went to Australia with Shep. This was after all this had happened. You, that would have been the appropriate time to bring it up. You guys are one on one. I'm sure you had a bunch of bro downs where it's two in the morning and you're drinking and you're having hard to conversations. I don't know if that would have been the time. That's not the time. I'm just <laughs> yeah. saying. Like, no, no. It yeah, let's do it at a 2 a.m. in no, 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 a no. different country where sober, Shep is probably footing the bill for me to be here. Sober conversation. Yeah. But while you guys are one on one out having a, a shared experience together, I do genuinely believe that had it been brought up in Australia, Shep would have been able to work through it. I think that he would have reached Timing, the Timing, yes, for sure. Yeah, he would have had time to process it. It would have been, and it might have ended the trip. Maybe we be like, I, I can't be around you anymore. I don't know. But I do think that would have been the appropriate time. Bring it up then. And it's not fair for Austin to say like, yeah, I didn't think it was an issue. It wasn't going anywhere. I didn't think it would come up. Not for you to say. You committed the sin, if you will. You need to cop to it. Mm -hmm. That's the problem. The problem is it happened. The problem is you continue to be friends and keep this under the rug. Taylor's the same with Olivia. There's the issue. That's what everyone's trying to get through to both of you. No, this isn't going away because you haven't taken ownership of the part that people want you to take ownership for. You've taken ownership and apologized for making out or whatever else may have happened. You have not said yet, I'm sorry for lying to you over and over again. Yeah. And I won't Which is that. easy to do now because
0: everything is out in the open. Everyone knows. We've moved on from the, I guess, side conversation that there was more that happened and you guys aren't copping to it. It seems like people have gotten to a point where they're disinterested in hearing that maybe they ended up hooking up a little bit more than what they're saying right now. They just want you to apologize for lying at this point. They don't understand that, but that's got to be the easiest thing to do with the world. Yep. Everybody's mad at you already. All of the information is out there. Just say specifically to Shep, Yeah, man, it's pretty fucked up that I didn't tell you what was going on. That's a lie of omission. Here we go. Taylor, same thing. She's just like too dumb to get out of her own way. You can probably, maybe not now, but months ago, you may have been able to salvage some sort of friendship or relationship with Olivia. You probably could have because Olivia needed friends after that. Like if you had done it beforehand, Olivia may have come to you after that and said, hey, I need you right now. We've grown really close and I can ignore this for now. We'll revisit it later. No, you made it even worse and just piled on by lying and lying and lying. So yeah, they could have helped themselves so many times. We've said it. So many times, pretty much after every episode that this comes out, and they
1: didn't. No, they didn't. But now we get into the nude. And this was a main, main talking point this season. And I hated how it was handled. I hated the fact that Whitney showed people. Should Taylor have sent it? Absolutely not. She should not have sent it, especially to Whitney. She should have known that this is probably the worst dude in Charleston you could send this picture to. Yeah. But at the same time, that is a personal thing. I don't, I, I will never see an excuse for you showing that around Whitney. There's no, no reason for that. It no, was I'm bullshit.
0: happy that Craig jumped on that yeah, too because same. we, it seems like we were the only ones, I mean, point for us, yeah. that pointed that out. We were the only ones who talked about Whitney being a scumbag for sharing it to other people. Happily, Craig jumped in, but still nobody else jumped in on that. Nobody's I don't get it. Sh- Are they afraid of Whitney? Like, I, like, yeah, he's the producer. I could be part of it, but still, Whitney shows shitty behavior all the time. And he, which is crazy, he has final say on what is shown from his perspective. Yep. Which so is we got like a little bit of Whitney here and there, and we're still able to say, wow, Whitney, that's a scumbag fucking move. This still made it to TV, and people are not calling him out for it. I don't get it. But Craig, being the voice of reason, jumps in and says, yeah, that's, that's on Whitney a lot. Like, yeah, we know, we understand Taylor mm-hmm. is sending this to Whitney, and now we finally at least got the, the reasoning as to why she sent it to Whitney. It's because Shep and Whitney were out at the same... This is fucked up uh, beyond belief. Shep and Whitney were out... And Whitney had said, or Shep had said, yeah, you know, we're just like kind of trolling around. And I guess it just festered in Taylor's mind that they're going out and finding Whitney? chicks. So you send a nude to Whitney and say, is this what you're looking for? Like, what the fuck? But that's, yeah, I don't know. And Leva says that she saw the whole fucking thread and there's a lot more to it. We didn't get into the specifics yet. Maybe it'll come out later.
1: I don't know. I think we're kind of moving on from it. I mean, she said some pretty specific things like, come fuck me in Nashville. Was yeah. Wait right out there. And. My whole thing is like when you watch Taylor's reactions they're not believable. No. It said what? I don't I don't remember saying that. It's like, "Oh, I deleted all my messages." Ooh. you said all of those things and I do believe that this was multiple occasions. I think she reached out to This is not a one-off. No, I think it she had, had a conversation did it to before. I'm talking about just with Whitney. Oh yeah, I I'm know. not saying multiple nudes, but there was definitely multiple conversations in the DMs that she deleted. And now she's playing dumb, like I, I didn't say that. I don't you know. You can't
0: like that. That's what I don't understand: is her sending those texts to Whitney, sending the picture to Whitney, and then when it's brought up, "Have you ever hooked up with Whitney?" She looked disgusted.
1: Right. Like, okay. Well, then why don't you find somebody that you might want to hook up with to send those pictures? What are you doing? That's what I'm saying. And then we also find out that Shep doesn't like nudes, which you know, I, I guess teach their own. Sure. We don't. Kink, like. We he don't he kink does, shame or whatever the opposite like of that. Nudes is. from his girlfriend. He likes nudes from from strangers, just not his girlfriend. But then of course, like this was why? Because Taylor's involved. Now JT's huffing and puffing over yeah. there, and somebody calls him out and he goes, I just can't believe that he doesn't like nudes and can't make a girl come. I never need to hear him say that sentence again as long as I live. For two reasons. One, it sounded disgusting. The way he said I don't even want to say it now. Say it again. The way he said come sounded disgusting. <laughs> It was so strong. And then for him to say it like that, I would bet the bank, the bank, he has no idea what he's doing. No, no shot. Does that man know his way around the area? He may have read the book, though. He definitely read the book definitely and he, puts book it and he it on still his, doesn't get it. He puts it on his goddamn coffee table. Well, there's no practice. So when girls walk into his apartment, he was, he wants it on his coffee table so that they see it and go, oh, wow, he really puts women Where'd you it. get this book? My mom gave it to me. Oh, okay. Oh, no. 1,000% true, though. Yes. <laughs> but Weirdly, Madison steps in and was like, well, Whitney didn't say it. His girlfriend said it. And like, I don't know why she was taking up arms for him. And he was like, oh, well, I was embarrassed and I didn't want to, and Craig steps and he's like, he wasn't embarrassed. He was drunk and bragging about it, which is 1000% true. Yep. And because Whitney is a producer, we saw an angle in which he was being more sympathetic to it, showing Patricia and saying, yeah, I'm worried about her and blah, blah, blah. No, you're not. You're a creepy older dude that got a nude picture of a younger woman and you wanted to show people like still got it.
0: Correct. That's what happened. And you showed your mom
1: and you showed yeah. weird. Yeah, very words. weird. It, it, and then you blamed your girlfriend. And who the fuck's your girlfriend? Which one? I don't
0: know. Are you kidding me? I, I don't know. It, like, as far as people that are close to Whitney, I feel like Madison might be one of the closest. Just because she's, she close, is to she's close to Patricia, Yeah. So she knows more. I, I just, I don't understand any of that. I don't understand Whitney's involvement and why this is a sticking point for the whole thing. It's just uh, gross. Gross. Very
1: gross. Super gross. But. JT steps in because now Taylor needs to be defended and he takes it upon himself to do so. And JT says, when I got divorced, why? why, we're not getting sympathy. You're not getting it saying you got, you're not getting it. I know what you're doing. Stop. And even Taylor, the one you're defending steps in and says, I don't appreciate that you pin this on Shep all season. Once again, I'm going to defend a guy that cheated on me to you because you won't butt the fuck out. Yeah. I don't need you to tell me who is responsible. I am responsible for this, JT. Stop being. She at least took
0: responsibility.
1: She took responsibility. Do we, we
0: thank JT for that? No. no.
1: For starting that? No. Out? <laughs> Just fuck off,
0: JT. JT. JT is so undesirable and so annoying that him trying to defend Taylor actually got Taylor to fess up.
1: Yeah. And How about that? And, yeah. Good and... job, JT. Yeah, Stop. <laughs> and she tells Shep the same thing, like, you don't get to take credit for this. Like, this is me. It's my reactions. Full responsibility. By the way, this is my parade. I don't know if you've noticed yet, but I have been against JT all year, oh, and I right. fucking
0: hate him, and right. I said that he shouldn't be on the show. I... Shut up. He shouldn't be on the show. You agree right now. I... He should I not, not be in this reunion. You asked
1: me earlier, and I said, I don't know. In this I reunion. Said, in the reunion, no. He didn't need okay. to be in this part of the reunion, because all he's doing is derailing. It's not adding anything. It's not adding any oomph. It's just derailing moments that actually land. And that takes us into what we're going to talk about now. And this is when you would have had me on, like, should we kick JT off the island? I would have been like, absolutely. Because this scene, I was furious watching his reactions to it. Because we get a clip of Shep in the green room beforehand with Andy saying, hey, I, (laughs) I do appreciate Shep's vocabulary because it doesn't sound forced, but he uses really good words. Yeah. He's like, I want to go on a little bit of a ramble. It's a bit verbose. And I'm like, wow, he's very articulate. I'll give him that. But he he prefaced it that he wanted to have some time to speak. And I didn't really know what to expect. Again, I saw clips. I watched it later. This whole scene made me emotional and uh, it hit really close to home and listening to him speak and be this open about it was refreshing for me. And you know, we do find out that this is not the first time this conversation has been had. It doesn't take away from the impact of it, I don't think. But he says, you know, I'm at a crossroads. And I guess when he was at BravoCon, things kind of hit a head. And we know he, he's been running and gunning his whole life. He's been drinking, partying. He's used to that scene. And he has this image of himself that he admits, you know, I thought I was a rock star. Then you get her, like an eye roll from Madison and like the side things here. I didn't really appreciate because again, I don't think in this moment he's saying I am a rock star. He's like, yeah, I thought that that's how delusional I was. I thought I was this guy, but he said I was out of control. He blacked out for all of Bravocon. I don't know if you've ever blacked out for like three to four days. No, it's a really like genuinely horrifying yeah. thing. You kind of like wake up out of this fog and you're like, fuck, like one, what did I do Two, how did I get here? And three, what's going to happen because of this? Like you wait for these ramifications to fall for things that you may or may not have done that you don't even know about. Like it's a really, really anxiety-ridden feeling. So I felt for him there. And to Austin's credit, and this shows you, I think, very well who Austin is in his heart of hearts. And I think Austin takes a lot of shit. And this is coming from someone that has given him a lot of shit. I think he takes a lot of shit for constantly being who he is. And I think that's a weird angle to take. And I think that it's weird for people to get into relationships with him expecting something different. He delivers the same thing that we've watched on TV from day one. Yeah, Olivia's right in saying you leave a list of pissed off women. Yeah, he does. But he has. And he always has. This is nothing new. And I think that his behavior gets twisted into, look, he's a fuckboy. He likes to hook up. I think that in the moment he means what he's saying. I think that he gets overwhelmed with emotions. He says certain things, makes some certain promises, gets away from the situation and goes, shit, I think I got too far in here. And then he backtracks. I think that's his MO. I don't think he's a bad person. I don't think he has malicious intent. I think he gets caught up with certain things. It gets out of hand. And then it kind of blows up. But when push comes to shove and you need a friend, you need somebody to step up and be there for you. This to me proves it.
0: Yeah. And I I think the two are separate. I think that we see multiple times over the years in different shows. Austin has a hard time when it's processing relationships and personal relationships with other women. And he knows that now. And it's funny because every time that he says something that's a little like outside the box for Austin, somebody sitting around says, well, therapy's working job. And you see that. But I think you can separate the two because he doesn't really know what he wants when it comes to relationships. And we saw that with Olivia. They're done. And he's still like, I think I'm in love with her. And I think I completely squandered that. And he's done that multiple times. Mm When it comes to friends, he's always there. And yeah, yeah, you could argue he did scorn Shep by hooking up with his ex and not telling him. And I think he feels really bad about that. I genuinely do think Austin feels really bad for not telling Shep and lying to him and obviously doing the action of cheating or, well, not cheating, but hooking up with his ex. I think that really eats away at him. But he is there for Shep. Mm -hmm. And that's when I think it got very real. With Craig and Austin kind of sitting up because Shep, after BravoCon, wanted to sit down with his quote-unquote support group, if you will, and talk about this. Yeah. And both Austin and Craig decided, we're not going to go. We've been through this before. We know what's going to happen. And Austin was there. And obviously, Craig has his own thing going on. He was with Paige. And he's doing so well. And he's even told us when we had him on and when when we saw him on Saturday— He's talking about like how he doesn't really drink like he used to. He doesn't drink liquor anymore. He doesn't get out of control, and he likes that. And being around somebody who does get out of control all the time is only going to hurt you. And he's separating himself from all of that, whereas Austin is still there for Shep and making sure that he's okay and talking about how Shep was really drunk at panels and he's basically like carrying him out in certain situations. And Shep was drunk the entire BravoCon, but still, just because you're there for him that whole weekend you've heard this before and you're not going to go to the lunch. I I get that. I understand both sides. Shep wants his friends to be there because he needs them in this moment. Austin was really there in that moment. Right. Maybe you don't want to sit down and have the same discussion again that leads to the same thing.
1: Yeah, so I think that when you look at it from that perspective, having gone through, they said 17 times. It's yeah. been 17 times we've done this. And... You know, there is this part of because this all to me sounds like a sobriety conversation. That's what it's leading to. Like, I know he's trying to say, well, I'm just drinking beer now. And everyone's like, you've said this before. Right. This is like step one of an alcoholic. If you don't know, the first thing we say is I'm going to stick to beer or wine. Right. That's number one. It never works. It always you fall off. Eventually something bad happens. And that's a moment where you either really check yourself or you go down the wrong path again. But for Austin and Craig, and this is an important note to anybody with anybody out there struggling with addiction or alcoholism, it's like you can try to help somebody so many times and be their support system and be there for them. But when they start to affect what I say is your four walls, when they start to affect your life for their actions outside of your life, you are well within your right to step away. It doesn't mean you're not a supporter friend. Doesn't mean you don't love them. It means that I can no longer go down this path with you because as Craig says so eloquently, You're headed towards a cliff and I can't go off that cliff. Right. I teetered on that cliff for a little while. I figured my way out of it by being around you. It will bring me close to that. And I can't afford that. Not where I'm at in my life. And I want you to get better. I am always here for you. I need you to make a change. This is a great first step. And it is. And I can't tell you how proud I was of Shep in this moment for being so open on TV Because maybe he has had this conversation before, but that's the other part of this whole thing is like, just because you've had the conversation, it didn't work. Unfortunately, this takes time. This takes a lot of tries. I was in rehab with people that were there 10 times and it doesn't work. But if that 11th time works, it's all worth it. But at the same time, you can't expect to always have the same people around you during this process. But I appreciate that Craig lays it out really well. He's like, look. I need you to make one change. Mm-hmm. Take a step in the right direction. I'm there. I'm always there, but I need to see effort on your part, and that's fair. And I think that Shep seems to be in a place because he does try to check back a little bit because he's like, you know what? I don't need you. Like, I'm good. Like I understand. I'm good, guys. Both Austin and Craig are like, no, dude, that's not what we're saying. We're saying we need to see it. We've heard it. And this is the thing like you can hear it a thousand times until it's put into action. You can't expect people to show up anymore.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I understand too, that people are a little, and even Madison had said it, she was crying at the end of it. She thought that he was going to rehab or something along those lines because he ends it with, well, yeah, you know, I'm still drinking currently, but I'm thinking about it. I look at it a little differently. He is taking responsibility and maybe even adding a little bit of, I guess, like a different layer by talking about it on TV. I
1: think that's a big putting
0: star, it out yeah. to a big audience, talking to all of your friends are sitting in one room, essentially Whitney's not there, but he's watching all of your friends are sitting there and you're taking responsibility for your actions and adding in that extra layer of doing it on TV for a show that you're on. So we're going to watch this next year mm-hmm. and we're going to be able to see as a viewer, not you know just as your friends, but as a viewer sitting there watching, has he changed it all? We had this whole big moment. Where he talked about it, was he just trying to garner garner sympathy, or was he actually being serious? And obviously, time will tell. But I think that's a big step. And I can that's kind of ignore the step of, yeah, he's still drinking. You, you don't want to ignore it entirely, but you can at least say, All right, like he's a big dude, like he's gonna be able to sit there and talk about this on TV to millions of people. We're gonna sit and watch, but yeah, I I feel for him. I think that he's going through a lot. And it's not even the Taylor aspect of everything. I don't think that he was drinking himself stupid after he broke
1: up with Taylor. I think he was having a great time. I think this is his lifestyle that he's used to and become accustomed to. But as he said, he can't do it like he used to. One and two, now he's starting to see the negative ramifications start to pile up. Blacking out for a whole weekend where you are a public figure at an event that you're supposed to be speaking at, be present at, be there for. That's a big fuck up. That's a big fuck up. And one I'm sure that he's thought about since it happened And that's what's driving me nuts about this scene, because as Shep is bearing his soul here and it's something that we haven't seen as a viewer, it's something that I've wanted from him, something that I think I needed from him to be able to see him the way that you see him, Mm -hmm. which is with a little more grace and a little more "Ah, Shep, you know, and I I haven't given him that. I think this opens that door for me because it tells me that he is self-aware enough to be like, fuck, I am actually not happy with this. I was under the facade that he likes this life. But he goes on to say like i look around this room and this is when i got emotional and i told that to dev as we were watching it together just because when he starts talking and you know i do believe that he's in the throes of something i'm not going to say it's alcoholism addiction whatever but i do think he's in the throes of something and that feeling of i look around me and i see these other people doing these things i look at craig and austin they have their podcast craig has the pillows they have careers i look at my other friends even though I'm surrounded by a million people, I feel so alone and I feel so isolated. What do I have to offer? Who the fuck am I? That feeling resonated with me so hard because I remember at the end of my days of drinking, like that was how I felt every single day. Mm -hmm. And I would look at Instagram posts of you guys back at home. This is a true story. I would sit in my apartment and I would see you guys back here just doing everyday things out at a game, like, watching the game together or just out being fun, having a good time and just remembering the feeling of you get this like quick little flutter where you're like, Oh, I could go back. And then you're like, what do I have to offer anybody? How can I contribute to this? Cause I'm such a piece of shit and that's a genuine feeling in your gut. So when he started saying that, I'm like, fuck, this is real because this is something that I can understand. It's something that I myself have been through And for Shep to take the step to talk about this on national TV to me was such a major step for him that I can gloss over that I'm still drinking beer thing because this is a step to maybe eliminating that. And if there is something in his life that's going to hold him back, this is the step forward. It's okay that you're at least made one change. Is that an acceptable change that's going to lead to you being better? Probably not because I know where the only beer thing goes. I did it. It doesn't work. So I think you need to not read so far, not you specifically, just in people in general, the specifics aren't as important as the actions that he took on this day to be open with a much larger audience because now he has accountability. And the biggest thing for anybody going through something like this is you need accountability. And when you have accountability and people around you to support you through these things, that's when major changes happen. So I am, for the first time in my life about Shep, I'm very hopeful and I'm hoping that he gets through this. I'm hoping that he understands it. And I'm glad that his friends are there to one, not bend the knee to it. Hey man, we hear you, but this is what we need from you. They need to do that. That's so important for Craig and Austin in that moment as his two real friends to say, dude, we got your back, but you got to take the first fucking step. We'll be there. But until that happens, we can't because we can't afford to. That's massive. And for Shep to hear that, get defensive, but then work through that and get to a place where he's like, okay, Vanita chimes in and says, you know, you need to cut out the beer. And he's receptive to that at the end. All of these things are working towards a common goal that I think with us, the audience watching, and it's unfortunate that Shep's whole life has gotten tied to reality TV. And I do believe that him and Taylor had a chance without the cameras. I really do. But for his whole life to get tied into this, I think the only way to hold him actually accountable is by including the audience. And that's what's happened now. And yeah. I think that he has a chance. Yeah, I really I, I really hope he, I really genuinely hope the best for him because hearing him talk, I literally cried at it because it hit so close to home. And I, I hate that any person in the world has to feel like this because it's not fair and it really sucks and it's hard. And yes, it's by his own doing. It doesn't take away from that, the responsibility factor of it. But goddamn, dude, I, I hope the best for him, and I hope that he can figure his, out, figure his way out through this. And I'm glad he's got people around him that will hold him accountable, say what they need to say, but will also support him through it. Sorry for the ramble. That was a good ramble. Thank you. Thank you. It meant a lot. It really What
0: do you, what do you expect from this week's reunion?
1: Um, I expect that's the thing. Cause I feel like we touched on so many, that's how I major was major points. Yeah. On, like, what's left. I don't know. Um, I, I guess they're going to get more into the Olivia Austin thing. Yes. But like, I think we've done enough. Cause like, what's the answer? We get to the same spot. Nothing right? really.
0: And again, I, I can't stress this enough. The reunion already aired and it looked like Olivia and Austin were on vacation together in a big group so I think they're okay. They seem to be fine. They're fine. They seem it's to be fine. I I often wonder if it's like a almost like a camera thing where Olivia's just that's why her she's so inconsistent. Because if it was no cameras, she might still be able to be friends with Austin and kind of leave it at that. I but think... there's so many people that are like, how are you still hanging out with this guy after what he did that that's when she kind of goes back on it. So I'm interested to see if maybe we get like a little bit more into that. Like I guess I, I don't know the... what else we can get into in the next one. If it's just going to be JT spouting nonsense for an hour, I'm going to blow my brains out.
1: I guess if you add like the, the T-Rav part of it. Not because that should have any bearing on anything like that is such a non-issue. She hooked up with a creepy older dude that used to be married to another cast member that Olivia did not know at the time. It's gross that she hooked up with Thomas Ravenel cause yeah, he's, a fucking he's a scumbag fucking, he's a shit. But as far as like ramifications within this group right now, it has no weight. And yeah, that's no. even Catherine spoke out yesterday. She tweeted, she goes a picture of her and Olivia next to each other going, we're cool. This happened a long time ago. We right. didn't know each other. I don't give a shit.
0: Maybe that. Yeah. Maybe they'll get into a little bit of that. But again, she doesn't really have a whole lot to answer from. I
1: don't so even. I, I don't know. That's not what I mean. Getting into like that. I mean, I'm just wondering where they're going to gonna go because they did a lot in this reunion. That's what I'm trying to say Yeah. is that's going to lead to just a big clash between Taylor and Olivia, because it has nothing to do with Thomas. It's just the I fact know. that now she brought Thomas up. Now, right. Olivia's now gonna, I don't want to get into that. Then. She might rip her apart is what. I think that's what we're going to see is like a, a it's funny because match.
0: we usually have an idea of what we're going to get into pretty much. We talked about each. all of it part. Yeah. I don't well,
1: we'll see Oh, that. we get to talk. Uh, JT is going to come up about getting shut down by Taylor. That's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, okay. JT right. and Austin fighting is going to come up. You think he's going to cry? I thought he cried when Austin was pressing him at the bar. Like uh, He looked down. I thought he got, uh, yeah, I thought he was out. crying too. No,
0: I think he's going to cry on live TV.
1: I think he is too. I hope great. he does. He's. I, I hate him. I, I still don't need him off my TV yet, but I don't Why? like him. Why? I, I think you're just being stubborn. I'm you not. just don't want to agree with I'm you. I'm stuck. don't want to tell me that, that I'm right. simply not true. I, tell, I give you your flowers all the time, pal. I want them now. I'm not giving them to you. All right. Next week, you'll definitely give them to me. I, but I will if, if it happens. If I find a moment in which I'm like, yep, you're right. I'll tell you. Okay. That you can at least give me that. I always stand on my laurels. I own up when I feel like I'm wrong. It's fair. Notice I did not say when I feel like you're right. I feel like when I'm yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you're not going to tell me I'm right, but you're going you're to tell might me that I may be right. But that takes us to the question portion of the show. And up first from Kimberly Ann, as a recovering alcoholic, what are your thoughts on Chef's drinking plan moving forward? I just answered them. I think you just answered that. I sure did. From female owned film, do you think Chef will actually get sober or it's a whole play to get Taylor back? Um, I don't think this has anything to do with Taylor.
0: No, yeah, I, I don't think this has anything to do with it. No, either. No, think will this he, I don't know. What Shep wants to do. And again, if it ends up just being Shep wanted people to feel bad for him, that would really suck. I don't see that. But I think this is a step forward for him.
1: Yeah, I agree. From Evan Clark, do you think JT or Rod deserve another season or would you like to see new guys again? Neither. They're... There's definitely more people that you can plug in there. I don't think you need to. You know what? Give Rodrigo more time.
0: Yeah, Rodrigo would be great. Rodrigo he's is in. Is he at the reunion? Yeah, he was at the reunion. He was at all pictures. Reunion. Yeah, so he, he's going to be in next week. That'll be a pleasure.
1: Give him more time. I don't think we need to add new people we've never seen. I think you give some of the people that are there more of the limelight. Maybe. I, think they, I, I,
0: I usually disagree with that when it comes to Housewives, but for this, you can plug another person in there. As long as they're actually friends and they're from the same group. Well, then vet them better. Yeah, vet them better for sure
1: from Joey Mills, do you think they're trying to make Austin Taylor into scandal 2.0? No. Uh,
0: no, because they didn't focus on that enough. That would have been the immediate conversation, I feel like if it was.
1: Yeah, I don't think so. I I don't think there's enough there for it. if there I'm was happy more evidence.
0: I'm I'm really happy yeah, no. they didn't do that because they could have easily gone that have,
1: And that would have made this season suck and yeah. this season was Incredible. This yeah, was, You can tell, too,
0: because they didn't harp on that every single episode. Like, yeah, when things happen, such as an article popping off or somebody saying something else, they obviously revisited it. But it wasn't the main point for each and every episode. There was something new. So now I, I, they're not going that route.
1: Yep. And the last one from Old Musical Diva. No question, just glad you're finally doing it.
0: I know. Yeah, we are, too.
1: We love Southern Charm. Like, this wasn't a choice to not do it until now. We just didn't have the time to do it. We've wanted to talk about this since the finale aired we got a lot going on. There's a lot of, lot of arms in this fire, baby. A lot of things going on here. Just wait till next week, okay? Even more things. Yeah, more things. Our live show is on Thursday night. If you don't have your ticket yet, there's still some tickets available, so go get those now before they sell out. January 25th, the Green Room 42, New York City, Times Square. Erin Litchie is coming out to be our guest. We also have the amazing Brooke Ashley is emceeing for us, so she's going to be there to hang out. We love her. It's going to be a blast. So make sure you get your tickets. Come hang out with the bros. A little Thursday night fun. And uh, don't forget, we also have another show in March, March 6th at the City Winery in Philadelphia. Those tickets are on sale now. So click the link in the bio as well, but don't click the wrong link unless you're planning on buying tickets to both, which if you are planning on buying tickets to one, just buy tickets to both.
0: Yeah, get them both. Why get not? Both. Cities are close enough to get
1: New York's an hour train ride away. Not true, but yeah hour what hour 30 yeah something like that i'm in there yeah. between an hour and an hour 30. If you take the acela pew, woo. Thing, woo, that's the sound it makes when the road. No, that's speed race so that's a different thing <laughs> that's a high school reference but anyway you got anything else
0: uh go birds oh god you're listening to this tomorrow hopefully go
1: birds hopefully go birds if not sad. tomorrow's episode because we have to record tomorrow too is going to be a sad boy right, how about this how about them cowboys We can say that because how about them cowboys? Oh, continue to collapse, baby. I love it, bro. Bros. We're out of here.